welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I'm Stephanie Thompson. I'm Grace Penzel. And I'm Kayla Teal. We're missing Phoebe here today, but that's all right. We don't always get all of us all at once. We don't always get what we want, but if we try, sometimes we get what we need. (laughs) And it's pretty sunny today, which is nice because it's been kind of miserable and dark and terrible. I know that even you in California have had some gloomy times lately, Kayla. Yeah, I'm fucking over it, okay? I thought no seasonal depression this year, but I keep just getting random little spurts of it, which honestly is better than my average year. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have some sunshine plans for Tuesday. Well, when this comes out, this will have already happened, but I'm going to go kite flying hopefully, if the wind is right. And my friend said there's a secret garden in this park that I've been going to for years and I've never heard of it. And he's going to take me and show me and we're going to smoke, smoke a joint in the secret garden. I'm really excited. Okay, what park? Well, it's Discovery Park in Seattle. It's the biggest city park in Seattle. It's like 11 square miles, something. It's like 11 miles of trails. There's a lighthouse, there's a beach, there's a bluff, there's a big field where I can fly kites. And apparently there's a secret garden somewhere. Oh, that's fabulous. Steph, I heard you say, I'm curious because you said like, if the wind's right, and I Mm -hmm. I kind of get that, but I guess my question would be like, what are the top three necessary conditions or actions to have a successful kite flying experience? This is great. So first off, get your phones out. Download the Windy app. It's W-I-N-D-Y, all right? And it gives you you all the wind conditions for where you're at. And so what you're looking for is maybe an 8 to 17 mile per hour window, all right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's some good kite flying is 8 miles an hour to about 17. You go over 20, 25, you're going to be flying out into the sky. So the second thing that I really recommend you getting is kite stakes where there you can just buy tent stakes for camping works just as well or I used screwdrivers when I first started flying kites but I kept losing the screwdrivers because they (laughs) blended into the grass so getting something like with an orange handle so you can see it in the grass so there's just like screwdrivers littered all over the city from where you just mm-hmm. like lost them in no. the field. No, there are broken lawnmowers all over <laughs> yeah. the city because of Stephanie's <laughs> screwdrivers. <laughs> and the third thing you can buy these at kite shops is a instead of using one of those winders that you hand wind, get a, a kite winder that you can roll. It's like a gizmo and it's a it's way easier to let out and let back in the kite with this. What's the word I'm looking for? Reel. Reel. Thank you. It's a kite reel opposed to just having one that you have to do a zigzag yourself. It gets bringing fishing technology to the skies. Exactly. So those are the three things I recommend for your kite flying experience to be elevated. Oh, and then pot, of course. (laughs) The ultimate elevation. The ultimate elevation. Well, that sounds dreamy. I want to go to a secret garden and fly a kite. Once you know, get a sense of where it is, maybe you could bring me back there sometime. Yeah, I will. Bring Ango. You could hire a plane and then write the coordinates in the sky, and then we can find it that way as well. (laughs) You know, speaking of secret messages in the sky and... 
coordinates and planes and and aeronautics. I think I want to dive right into the set, my big segment. Yes. So today we're coming to you with a new Get Baketoven. <gasps> Fuck yeah, Woo! I love Get Baketoven. Okay, so I knew that I wanted to do a Get Baketoven and I had been thinking about pulling up La Traviata because it's been on rotation in our household plus. It's coming to the Seattle Opera for spring and summer, so I'm wanting to go. And there's a music historian guy that talks at work who like had a whole lecture on La Traviata. However, I decided to go in a totally different direction. If I told you that there was an album of music composed entirely for the benefit and enjoyment of plants. What? Yes. Well, I've heard about experiments playing music for plants to see if they react. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't know the science of that. That would be maybe a whole other uh, segment that we could dive into at some other point. But mostly, I want to talk to you today about an album called Mother Earth's Plantasia, subtitled Warm Earth Music for Plants and the People Who Love Them. This album, commonly referred to simply as Plantasia, is an electronic album by the composer Mort Garson, first released in 1976. So we take this album as an entry point into a larger discussion about the advent of synthesized music and its use in composition starting at the very beginning of the 20th century and kind of leading us into today. Does that sound like a very broad topic for a 15-minute segment in this podcast? Yes. Will I get to all of it? Inevitably, no. But maybe it'll be a jumping off point for your own stoned exploration. Oh my God, Grace, I'm so excited. This sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So the reason that it came up is because there's been a need for ambient music for my dog Angus over the course of the last year because we live in an apartment and he gets very angry. So Jeff and I have found that just having any music on is helpful, but especially like classical reggae, something with like some nice, just like sort of background vibes. Just like positive vibes, man. Positive vibes, man. Surf the wave. And so Jeff has been putting on this record throughout the whole year. And I've kind of just subconsciously absorbed it. And then I was watching TV, I don't know where, the other day, and a TurboTax commercial came on. And it was like the first song from this. And I was like, what is happening? Because it's all instrumental, the whole album. So I don't know. It was just very strange. And then I was talking to Jeff about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, did you know that that album was like, only for plants and (laughs) okay let me let me read you a little bit so the guy who wrote this album is a canadian composer born in 1924 named mort garson he is best known for his albums in the 1960s and 70s but also wrote several hit songs including a song our day will come a hit for a band called Ruby and the Romantics. 
They say that he boasts one of the most unique and outright bizarre resumes in popular music spanning from easy listening to occult-influenced space-age electronic pop. Yes. <laughs> so, so fun. Yeah, essentially he went to Juilliard and was a composer, but he came into contact with Bob Moog, who was the inventor of the Moog synthesizer, who basically took electronic synthesizers from being something that had to be like a seven-ton thing sitting in the basement of the Metropolitan Opera. Fun fact, that was the first synthesizer was in 1901, this giant thing built in the basement of the Metropolitan Opera. But he took it from being that to something that could be used by other people, could be built by other people. They had a plan that you could look and see this is the engineering that goes into it. So basically the idea behind all of these synthesizers, sorry, I just keep peeling it back, but this is the way my brain works. So just hang in there. Electromagnetic circuits are created and the way that you sort of interfere with them and connect them and play with these fields creates different sounds and effects. And so if you've ever heard a theremin, do you know the, mm -hmm. the sound of a theremin? Oh, yeah. Let's put a little clip of a theremin right here. We have a friend from Seattle who plays the theremin and pretty much for comedic purposes. But ever since I saw him play it, I love the theremin. <laughs> who, who is it? Uh, Chris Allen. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> and that is created by actually moving your hand physically into the electromagnetic fields being transmitted. But anyway, so Moog had made the synthesizer more accessible and Mort Garson kind of came into contact with this technology and was like, oh, this is my shit. So I do want to start with Plantasia just to get you a taste of that first song and moment that I heard from him. And then I'll go into a little more of his whole canon because it's pretty fascinating. <laughs> do you need to get high? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'll get my bong. We can come back into the like bong sounds. Okay, thank you for bridging us in with that bong sound, Steph. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, now, now Kayla's going to get her bong, too. Honestly, I would recommend it. Okay, hit that shit. And then prepare your mind for a few minutes of plants. So that is Plantasia. <laughs> I love it. I love the little artist, the plant with people kind of holding hands while they're under the plant. The little yeah. drawing that they have for the album. Yeah. So maybe I'll go grab my plant. I want my. <laughs> I want to be my. I want to be with my plant right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kayla. Okay, go go get it. <laughs> Kayla's literally going to get her plant right now. Listeners, we were were on like a little bit of a time schedule. And then I was like, you guys should smoke. And Kayla hit her bong. And now she's like, I just need to go. <laughs> <laughs> she brought it here. It's, it's a very, that's a very cute plant. Thank you. Okay. So what's the name of that kind of plant? Pothos. 
Okay, great, because the next song that I'll play for you from this album is called Concerto for Philodendron and Pothos. Yay, that's my plant. I'm going to put my little (laughs) headphones on. Okay, here we go. Okay, so that is for your pothos. We probably don't sound (laughs) pothos. She heard it. Kayla, do you think she's she likes did she do anything? Did she sprig up or like, you know, fluff up a bit? Uh, No. (laughs) So get a hold of this hipster shit, though. The album Mother Earth's Plantasia had a very limited distribution on release. How limited? It was only available to people who bought a houseplant from a store called Mother Earth on Melrose Avenue in Los Angeles, or those who purchased a Simmons mattress from a Sears outlet, both of which came with the record. Oh my God, I'm only 20 minutes away from there. Let's see if it's still there. (laughs) As a result, the album failed to attain widespread popularity around the time of its release. However, it has since gained a cult following as an early work of electronic music. And then how Jeff got a hold of it is that in 2019, Sacred Bones Records reissued a bunch of Mort Garson's albums. So now we have it. The great thing about Mort Garson, though, is that he was just like a dude who was born in the 20s. Just like he seems like any other grandpa when you listen to him. So here's a little snippet from an interview about Mort Garson that was included in the special features for Doris Day movie, Do Not Disturb, for which he composed a lot of the music. Okay. Everybody thinks I'm a little out of it, you know, when I'm walking the streets and uh, la, 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 la. <laughs> I really sing that loud, you know. Hey, Mort, how you doing? Yeah. Let me hear that. It sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he's just a goof. And, and this featurette goes on to talk about how like his wife was his muse and like had really good taste. And so he'd say to her like, here, listen to this, listen to this. And she was so honest. And when she said like, OK, it sounds good, then that's when he knew that it was ready to go. But he was this kind of hippie hipster guy all of these dudes just so into like early electronic music and one project that i stumbled upon of his was he did an entire cover album of the songs from the musical hair great Mm -hmm. all instrumental yeah yeah so here is a clip from his uh, version which came out like the year after hair came out on broadway let the sunshine in. Oh, and it's from, it's called Electronic Hair Pieces.
that is that. Oh, my God. Kayla, you're in love. (laughs) I'm I'm really happy. This is fun. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, check out that whole album, I guess. And then the one other thing, because I could really go on and on about this at this point. One thing that he did was record a whole album called The Wazard of Is, which is like... (laughs) And I've got more to say about Mort Garson, but before that, I think we need a smoke break. Smoke break! Welcome back from your smoke break, stoners. So, as I was saying, Wazard of Is is a little odd, and you can check it out, but a really cool electronic music Australian group from the 90s, the Avalanches, sampled, used a lot of samples putting stuff together, and they made their own song called The Wazard of Is, and drew from Mort Garson's album, um, put a sample of I've Been Over the Rainbow as well as adding in a sample from Danny Brown. So here's just a little clip of that. So basically just like samples on samples, you know what I mean? I dated a DJ for a while. I was friends with a lot of um, electronic DJs when I was in college and dated a DJ and they clued me into a lot of this early like synthesizer music and how it can be used. I want to mention two other things. First of all, Garson's music was used as incidental music during the television transmissions of the Apollo 11 manned moon landing by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin in 1969. What? So this is the big reveal is like they were already these synthesizer sounds had already started to sort of be associated with like sci-fi, right? And like space music. But then it went with the moon landing. So Mort Garson said in 1969, the only sounds that go along with space travel are electronic ones. The Apollo film shows different facets of the flight, blast off, separation of the stages of the rocket, scenes of the moon at close range. The music has to carry the film along. It has to echo the sound of the blast off and even the static you hear in the, on the astronauts report from space. People are used to hearing things from outer space, not just seeing them. So I used a big symphonic sound for the blast off, some jazzy things for the zero G game of catch, psychedelic music for a section that uses negatives and diffuses colors on shots taken from inside the ship and a pretty melody for the moon. After all, it's still a lovely moon. Oh, my Um, God. So wait, let me make sure I have this straight. So when they (laughs) when they televised a recording of the moon or like the Apollo mission, they he scored he watched the video scored it and then they put his music to the video on tv that's my understanding of it i could look a little more into it but these were like the little things that were revealing themselves for me over time he had a project called 
the Zodiac Cosmic Sounds, where he composed it and then someone was on the Moog synthesizer, someone else was narrating. So it's like a psychedelic rock album. The last thing I'll say is that he had another album, Ataxia, I want to say, and a couple songs off of it were sampled and used by Griffin McElroy, one of my favorite podcasters, as the theme music for their live D&D podcast or just D&D podcast, The Adventure Zone. So one of my favorite pieces of media, I had actually heard a ton of Mort Garson before without even knowing it. So anyway, go listen to Mort Garson's entire catalog after getting super zooped. Mostly Plantasia is a great entry point. And thanks for getting a little Beethoven. That's amazing. And you know, we found out during like the Spotify wrapped season that there's a lot of crossover between people who listen to D&D podcasts and who listen to our podcast. Really? Including the people who are featured on this podcast, the two of you. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, I guess that's about it for the episode. No. What? No, no, no. It's (laughs) it's that time again. I got to do a 60 second bong box. Oh, 60 second bong box. 60 second bong box. I always forget, do I start the timer and then hit the bong or do I hit the bong and then start the timer? You hit the the bong bong and start the the timer. timer. All right. Let me wet my whistle. Beautiful. Listen to that. Mm. We're just bubbling in the morning. Okay, three, two, one. My subject is allergies. And um, I have been having a horrible swollen eye problem for really like two months, but it got really bad a week ago. And it's allergies of something in this house. And I think it's my pillows. And I just, this my whole thing on allergies is that they're awful and I don't understand them. And I know that people can agree with me, but I also think it's like, I, I go crazy. Because I think it's a manifestation of something in that I'm not dealing with, like mentally sometimes where I'm like, oh, if it's the allergies are in my eyes, it's something I can't see. Or (laughs) if the allergies are on my feet, it's like I need to go somewhere. You know what I mean? Like I get in my head about it and it makes me go crazy. And Mm. I find that I have anyway, then the whole doctor thing. But allergies are my I am just want them to not exist anymore that is I just want I want everyone who suffers from allergies never to have to do it that's my, that's my dream but I have more time I thought that was like a minute I guess that's all <laughs> I have to say about that well are you feeling better at all oh a minute went by it never maybe I never pressed start <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Well, Steph, I'm right there with you. Allergies are fucking infuriating. My skin is allergic to just about everything that touches it. And mm-hmm. when you're having a reaction to something, you don't know what it is. You do feel like you're 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 like losing your mind because you're having reactions to things that are invisible. Like for me, like dust mites is like my number one thing. Like when I go to the allergist and they test my skin for dust mites, like it get it blows up so big that like they'll call in the interns and the nurses and everyone's looking at my arm like whoa we've never seen <laughs> like and those little mm. buggers are fucking everywhere yeah ugh 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 well y'all we have two minutes left on our Zoom 
and I have two minutes left before I have to do this baby shower. So Kayla, you want to take us out? Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Steph. Thank you, Grace, for that teaching us about Mort. <laughs> What's the last name? Garson. Mort Garson. I'm going to go spend my day with him right now. And you can spend your day with us anytime you want. But if you want more, you can go to stonerchickspodcast.com to find anything you want. Our links to our social media. Sign up for our newsletter, our t-shirts, all that good shit. You can leave us a review on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. We love you. And hey, Stephanie, what do stoner chicks always say? Making music for plants, man. That's my jam. Oh, nice. All right, go smoke out your plants, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> smoke bye your bye. weed.